Hey ladies, welcome to the Diamond Hands podcast. So you want to own a med spa? Welcome to our community and explore the exciting industry of medical aesthetics and hear from experienced med spa owners and relevant industry experts to guide you on your path. Mindset, money, practice management, marketing, find it here. So happy and excited to have Delena Barbie on the call with us today, and she is everything legal. So if you're trying to put your business together, this is the woman or one of the women that you need to be getting in contact with. So Delena, welcome so much. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here for the uh, podcast. <laughs> awesome. And I know you have a podcast too. What's the name of your podcast? Well, I have a new podcast coming out, and I'll give details on that at the end. How about Ooh, that? Cliffhanger, keep everyone listening. <laughs> exactly, cliffhanger. <laughs> so, so, you know, Delena, just, you know, really, um, so for our audience, you know, just please introduce yourself and your business and like who you typically love to work with. Sure. So again, my name is Delena Barbie. I am an attorney based in Massachusetts. Um, so in terms of my practice and who I love to work with, um, I actually opened my own practice after working for a firm for a number of years because it was always my passion to be an entrepreneur myself. So I always had the bug. Even when I worked in other places, I was just like, I really want to work for myself, you know, have my own law practice. And so, you know, as I continued in my journey, I said, you know, this is the time to do it. I felt like it was the right time. And so went off, you know, opened my practice as of last year, if you're listening to this in, on 2020, it was last year when um, I opened my own law practice and I serve clients and generally business law, intellectual property, specifically around trademarks and in estate planning. And so the clients that I love to work with, you know, I love to work with a lot of people. I'll say that I always wanted to have, like I said, a lot of different businesses, but I knew I couldn't do all the businesses myself. So I get to help a lot of different businesses and that's my joy. But I probably spend my most of my time with beginning stage entrepreneurs because it's something about, you know, helping people just lift off and like get that momentum going that is fulfilling for me. So, you know, a complete newbie till five years is kind of my sweet spot to work with, to help them really get off the ground, you know, for people who are already kind of going, fix some things that they may need to fix and get to that, be prepared for that next level of their business. That's so awesome. Thank you for that. Yeah. And I, and I can agree with you. It's like, that's a really great niche to work in. Like, you know, entrepreneurs that are in your one to five, because if you don't do things right in your one to five, you can really mess things up in the future. So that's a great time to start getting your business organized, right. Legally and doing things by the book. So I think that's great. Absolutely. One of the questions I get is, you know, when's the right time to meet with a lawyer? And I always say, I know it seems ridiculous, but really early on when you're still in the idea stage, if you could just have a consult with a lawyer and say, what is it that I kind of need to know about, you know, based upon what I'm doing, that can at least get you started in the right direction. And so that's the great thing about working with new people who are really proactive is that, you know, they're saying, they're hungry and they're like, how am I going to get this thing going? And then I'm there to support them throughout that process. 
That's so great. So, you know, um, you know, typically, you know, because of this podcast really focuses on, you know, nurses who may be in school going to be or they want to be nurse injectors. So med spas making people beautiful. So something a question that I kind of come across when I'm working with new nurse injectors, they kind of have a question like, you know, should I do a PLLC or an LLC? And like, you know, it comes up in Massachusetts a lot, you know, when specifically, you know, what's the difference, you know, Let's go with Massachusetts, for example. Oh, good question. So um, I should say that this is all general information only. So this is just to get your mind going if you're listening to the podcast and start to identify some of the things you should th think about. But definitely meet with your lawyer to go over this. This is not any legal advice specific to your situation. So be sure that you uh, reach out to your lawyer. Um, but in any case, with PLLCs, it's not actually um, recognized in every state. So that's one thing to know. LLCs, are what they call creatures of the state law. Mm -hmm. So that means that your state law is really gonna um, determine what makes sense for you and if a PLLC is even something that's recognized. But generally speaking, your PLLC is if you're creating a, or providing a professional service. Um, so if you're a professional service provider like myself, for example, I'm a lawyer, my law firm is Barbie Law Boutique PLLC as such. Um, so that's why I went along with the PLLC. There's certain language in that that's uh, distinct from the traditional LLC. Um, but again, you know, it really depends on um, your background and licensure. So typically with professional services, it means a licensed professional. So you may be providing a professional service as in, you know, maybe being a coach, but if it's not a licensed profession, that may not fall under the PLLC. So, you know, again, working with your lawyer just to make sure based upon what you have, um, what it falls into. But generally speaking, if it's a license, if you have licensure and it's something that's going to require that licensure under your professional service, you would want to go with the PLLC. Interesting. I mean, I think that's a really great tidbit to know because I know sometimes there's some, you know, confusion over that. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, another thing that kind of comes up, um, you know, in talking with new business owners is like, when is it time for them to get a buy-sell agreement? Like, you know, if they're a single owner of a business, should they partner up with another business? Like, what should they do? Like, a buy-sell agreement, when is it important to start looking at those things? At what point? So I think one of the things that you're getting at there is, you know, for us, solopreneurs, you know, the people who go out in there by themselves initially, how do you plan for, you know, currently and in the future? Um, one of the things that's important to me is that people that I'm working with are thinking about the future as well as the present. Um, and so some of what you're thinking about is like planning. So if you are the only person in your business, you want to come up with a contingency plan. So if something were to happen to you, that's why along with my business practice, I am an estate planning attorney because I think it's important to think holistically. So if something were to happen to you today, whether that's disability or unfortunately passing away, how is your business going to be handled? Um, do you have, you know, employees? And if so, do you want employees to be able to take over ownership or a particular employee to take over ownership of the practice? Um, is something that you might want to think about, um, whether a family member can do so. And that gets sticky when it comes down to licensure. So whenever there's a licensed yes. professional, there's a whole... <laughs> There's a whole other, you know, uh, conversation that needs to be had because it's one thing if you have a business where 
anyone could step in and kind of take over and manage the business. But when you're a licensed professional, there are only certain people can, who can then, you know, step in really and continue to keep the business going. So you want to have that conversation about what documents, whether that's a buy-sell agreement or something else that you need to put into place that is going to cover that to make sure that if something were to happen to you, unfortunately, your loved ones are not sitting there like scrambling, like, what do I do? Because if they are not a licensed professional, sometimes they won't even know where to start, who to even contact to get things going. Um, So sitting down and getting that paperwork is so important if you're a solopreneur or even just small business owner in general. Yeah, I, I think I find that so interesting because, you know, people sometimes think about those things only when they have a business partner. However, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes I think, you know, business owners forget, even if you're a solopreneur, that's a business that's left behind. That's clients work that's left undone. That's a whole lot of things. And who can kind of pick up those pieces if something happens and who knows about it? <laughs> some people, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I mean, with a business partner, obviously there's a whole host of issues that are in place if you don't have things planned and you have a business partner or or another member, I should say, or owner of your LLC or PLLC, whatever it is. But thinking about it to the other point, it was like you said, if you're the only person in that business, you don't even have a business partner who kind of knows everything that's going on. (laughs) You're the one who knows everything. And so without proper planning, it could really be a mess. And so that's one of the things that you want to have on your to-do list as you're starting up your business to make sure that you get these, you do that type of planning with uh, an attorney and your other financial professionals. So should it be six months? Should it be a year? Should it be initially? Like for that type of stuff, when do you kind of recommend that? Now, I'm going to give the lawyer an answer of it depends. <laughs> <laughs> now, if your budget is good, you can start, you know, getting it done earlier on. I mean, for most people, they want to make sure that their business is going to survive. So they may want to, you know, get started to see how things go to make sure that they're not expending too many resources without the business being successful. Mm -hmm. That said, there are things you can do on your own, like putting, um, you know, writing down what type of software you use, you know, keeping all of your client documents in a central place so that if someone needed to access it, they are able to access it. There's things that you can do to make things easier. And then when it comes down to getting the actual legal documents into place, you know, I'm also doing that as relative as soon as you possibly can. Yeah. So it sounds like there's some, the part of it that's kind of just like organization and telling someone about it. And then there's another part of it, which is like, make sure you get a lawyer involved once you have the capital to do so. It's what it seems like. Yeah. Because you could have everything in place, but then, you know, there's a delay in anyone being able to access that because someone has to go through the proper legal channels now to get access to that and figure out who's the right person. Whereas if you have the proper planning on top of that organization, there's someone who can generally step right in um, as soon as possible to keep things moving along. That's excellent. That's really good advice. And, you know, so with a new business owner and, you know, a lot of female entrepreneurs are probably watching (laughs) or listening, um, you know, what should they start doing first? Should they start doing their personal planning first or their business planning first? Or should they do a little bit of it all together? Like, what are your thoughts, you know, on that? And why is it important? That's such a good question. So as far as what to do first, I think I'm going to say reality versus probably what you should do. <laughs> so the reality <laughs> is most people who are working on a business are so excited about the businesses. That's what they're going to 
to prioritize. And when someone wants to prioritize it, it's not, I'm not going to tell them not to do that. You know, this is their, this may be their livelihood, so they want to get started on that. But on the other hand, if you are getting your business in order and haven't gotten your personal stuff in order, you're kind of setting it up on a shaky foundation. Mm. You know, ideally, if all goes well, there's nothing to worry about. And, if, and the chances may be low that something's going to happen. But when we do personal planning, you know, in the personal planning world, we're thinking really about the state planning part. So at least having, you know, a will in place, even if it's a simple will in place, yeah. mm-hmm. um, you know, at least having your documents in place that cover you if you were to be incapacitated and can't make your own decisions, figuring out who can make those decisions on your behalf. You know, basic documents for that part of the planning will help support if something were to happen in your business. Mm-hmm. So if you can, you know, definitely consider having your personal planning undone first. That said, you know, if you're in a high risk business as well, then that's, it's um, important for you to get that done too, because you don't want to open yourself up to any liability while you're working in your business. So mm-hmm. that's mainly the reason why a lot of people will just say, let's get the business stuff off the ground and then I'll work on the um, personal planning later because they think that, you know, nothing's going to happen. And it's ultimately a personal decision. If you can do both at the same time, it's awesome to just get them both done, um, Mm -hmm. you know, on a similar track because I think that they do support each other. But I don't think that you should continue to put the personal planning on the back burner, um, even if you started with your business, because it is so important. And we talk about these things, you know, playing together. So to the extent that you have a business and, you know, someone is now running that, well, if you pass away, what happens to like the interest in the business and who gets, Mm. you know, if someone were to buy that out, who gets the proceeds from that? It's all things that you need to think about together. It's more of a holistic view, um, particularly for people who are solo small business owners, where it's very integrated into kind of the same thing in some ways because your business is um, closely held. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, kind of, you know, and some of, you know, some of people who are watching, you know, they may have two, three employees other people's livelihoods that they're supporting. So it's, it's very, it's a very interesting topic for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, going forward with like business and, and starting and everything, something else that it comes up is, you know, trademarks, you know, when should someone, you know, trademark a phrase or a name of a business, like, mm-hmm. and how important is that? That's another good one. So in far, as far as trademarking, I think that a lot of times when people think about trademarking, they jump to, let's get the trademark. And I think that if you think of it as a, a wider process, you'll realize the importance of doing it earlier on. So with trademarks, what we're trying to, when I'm helping someone with a trademark, the first thing that we're going to do typically is we're going to actually get a trademark search. Now, This is important um, regardless of whether or not you actually move forward with doing the trademark registration because you want to see if there's already anything out there that conflicts with your potential use. Mm -hmm. Um, Because if you decide, hey, I'm going to start this business today, I'm going to invest all this money in this website, you know, this name, I love this name, Um, we're going to get, you know, someone to make the logo, we're going to have mugs (laughs) with this logo on it, all this stuff, yeah, t-shirts, you're doing the most with this new name, this brand that you put together, 
but then you get hit with a cease and desist and you have to stop or even worse, you know, having to pay someone potentially because of that. It could even get to the second level. But even if it's just that cease and desist and it's actually invalid and now you have to go through an entire rebranding process, well, you've just lost more money than you probably would have spent to just protect the brand um, or to at least do the search. So the first step that we try, we say, you know, let's do the search. Let's make sure before you even invest anything in there, um, that this is actually going to be a viable mark. You know, sometimes people say, I don't care, I'll, I'll switch it. And, you know, that's, that's a decision that you have to make as a business owner and make that risk assessment. But um, my view is, you know, getting that search done earlier on to make sure that it's actually available is important for you to protect your business and the investments that you're about to make. Now, after that happens, my process is at that point deciding, do you want to go ahead and proceed with actually doing a trademark registration? Um, there are different trademark registrations so people can register on just the state level if they like. Um, that is typically for individuals who are going to do all of their business within the state. They're not doing what's called interstate commerce, meaning they're not providing any service or goods outside of the state. So they're really just focused on the state level protection. Obviously that has its drawbacks because the federal level registration gives national um, protection. But if you're just in a state and you're not expanding, then maybe that's okay. Um, and that's a discussion we would have. Or you can go forward with the federal registration if you have, um, if you're doing interstate commerce or you can do even do an intent to use. So let's say you're not currently doing it, but you're planning on doing it. There's the opportunity to do an intent to use application so that you can um, already early on account for your potential expansion. So with trademark registration, um, that will give you the presumption that you actually own the brand. Mm -hmm. There's so much that's in that, so I'm not going to break it all down today and talk about the different classes because, you know, there's different classes, meaning categories that you trademark in depending on, you know, what you want and you may do multiple. There's a lot that goes behind it, but generally speaking, you know, that'll give you a presumption that you can enforce that and then you could be the one, you know, sitting out the cease and desist letters <laughs> receiving, you know, um, so having that is helpful um, as well. So I would say, you know, earlier on, like I mentioned, at least getting the search done and then talking with the attorney as to whether you want to proceed with registration, whether that's on a state or federal level would make sense. Nice. Okay. So that, that makes a lot of sense, you know, because there's, there's definitely a lot of businesses um, that, you know, might have a tagline or something like that and they use it as part of their marketing and it would be very useful to you know, trademark it, definitely. Yeah, and I realize that I say, like, all this stuff should be done up front. Um, but, you know, it, I know that some people, when they're starting out, are uh, fee-sensitive just because, you know, you're also starting the business, which has all these other investments that you need to make on top of your legal investments that you have to make. But um, there's an opportunity when you're working with lawyers to talk about, you know, a long-term arrangement so that you're kind of working on a project basis and they're doing stuff with for you over the course of months so that you're splitting out your fees. There are ways to, to try to make it work for you. I don't think that, you know, try not to let the fees stop you from protecting your business legally because it can cost more at the end and just try to have, you know, have an open discussion. Um, I know this is about the legal topics, but also how to work with a lawyer is just as equally as important as the actual legal topics. And so just being open, um, saying, you know, this is kind of what I have right now. How can we make this work under what I need? And that makes a lot of sense. And that's really great advice. So, 
you know, we're kind of wrapping up to the end here. And there's a couple of things I want to ask you. So, you know, what does a legacy mean to you um, as a business owner? And how do you believe your work makes an impact on the world? So for me, legacy means being able to leave at least one little thing in the world that changes it a bit. And in what I do, I feel like I'm helping people affect the next generation for them. So whether that's helping them do their estate plan and properly leaving their assets to their loved ones, whether that's helping them protect their intellectual property, which is also another asset that they could leave their loved ones or create value in a business that could be sold um, or continue to provide value to gen for generations to come is important. And then the business work of, you know, helping them get up and running and keeping things going, you know, all of that can impact the next generation. And that's my way of leaving a little something on this earth after. Oh, that's so great. I really love that. And, you know, for our female entrepreneurs who are watching or listening, you know, what is something empowering that you think that every female entrepreneur should know or think about? I'd say know that you can bet on yourself. Definitely know that you can bet on yourself. I think sometimes we'll um, get on our own head. Uh, for many of us who have gone to certain levels of professional accomplishments, it's like, oh yeah, I did that, but I've also always did it with someone else. Like, you know, mm -hmm. I had this mentor, I had this, uh, I had this job. But for those of us who are going out to be entrepreneurs, sometimes like, well, can I now do this on my own? But if you sit back and reflect on everything that you were actually able to accomplish, you'll see that, yeah, while you might've had a mentor, while you may have had a supervisor, you did a lot. Mm. You did a lot. And if you can do that for someone else, you can do that for yourself as well. So definitely bet on yourself and move forward. And don't let this lifetime pass you by without doing that in any way. Yes. Got to clap on that one. That was, a, that was really great. I love it. So, you know, um, I just want to really thank you so much for, you know, coming on the podcast today. And the audience, of course, they want to know how to read to you. So, I know a couple things. You had a cliffhanger. You know, tell us about this podcast that you have coming out. And then, you know, let us know how we could reach you on Instagram, website, phone number, whatever you want to give us. <laughs> Definitely. So my new podcast will be out pretty soon. And I won't give the name away yet, but I mm -hmm. will say that... <laughs> I got to protect myself now. No, I'm kidding. But um, this podcast is really going to be focused on helping small business owners figure out, uh, think about all of the different issues around law, around outside of law, business strategy. We're going to talk about everything with creating a business that lasts for a legacy. So if you want to be sure that you see it, you should follow me on Instagram at Barbie Law. Or you can find my Facebook, if you're not an Instagram person, um, facebook.com slash Barbie Law Online. I'm there. And then my website is barbielawonline.com. Um, but social media is probably where you're going to see it first. So make sure you click like and you will find out about the podcast there. Yay. That is so awesome. I'm so excited to hear about the things that you're going to talk about there because, you know, I know that's going to be very useful for, you know, my clients and, you know, 
hopefully our joint clients who work with <laughs> that's fabulous well delina again thank you so much for your expertise for coming on and sharing some of your knowledge it's really going to help even if it helps one female entrepreneur out there we've done something so thank you it's been a pleasure and if this has helped you you can dm me i will check my dms too i would love to know what your favorite part of the podcast was so hit me up <laughs> awesome thanks guys like what you heard, please leave us a review. I appreciate you listening and your support. Follow us on Instagram at Plan Life Happens and comment on this episode's post. Also, I appreciate your feedback and ideas. Improving is the name of the game. I'm Leslie Tracy, your host. Thanks for listening.